Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. Today, I am talking to you about self-love. It's the February um, episodes about love. And the month that I talk about love, I always want to talk about taking care of ourselves. I know that there's a lot of talk this month about you know, romantic love. And that's great. Um, And we should all have that in our lives. And then, you know, second to that, especially for many of us caring for someone in our lives who may have some challenges, whether it's a, you know, child, an adult child with a disability, with some special health care needs, something like that. Um, maybe a spouse or um, a partner who has some kind of, you know, special need or a disability um, that, you know, that has turned us into a caregiver. Yeah, you know, great. Let's talk about that too. But protecting the caregiver, so important. And we don't talk about it enough. There's been a lot of attention brought thank you. We need that to protecting the caregiver and taking care of the caregiver. And you know what? You need to do that for yourself. And look, it's not about, you know, taking that spa day. Great if you do that for yourself, but you know, that's not for everybody. First of all, it's expensive and many of us struggle with our finances. Um, Let's face it, this life we live, it's financially challenging. Um, I'm going to side note a story about that in a minute. So besides that, finding a day to get away, that's pretty tough too for many of us. I know it was for me. It still is. Uh, You know, my family really counts on me for income and Finding a day to just get away and do me time, that's, um, it's pretty hard, you know? So a spa day, it's not my go-to. And, and if that's your thing, great, but it's not for everybody. So I remember, uh, when I was raising my girls and, a couple of times people thought they were being really sweet to me and they would give me a gift certificate for a massage or to go get my nails done. And listen, that was so amazing and sweet that somebody was thinking of me. Um, It just, you know, it wasn't the kind of thing that I would spend my few precious minutes away from my family doing. It wasn't the thing for myself, right? So the kinds of things that I would do would be, I I would love just being alone for a few minutes, walking my dog, getting some fresh air. Sometimes I needed a minute to cry. That was just a release. You know, I just needed to be alone and I didn't want to be crying in front of other people who were always about, what's wrong? What can I do? You know, uh, can I help you? No, sometimes you just have to let it out and you just need to do it on your own. Um, 
A couple times I went to a movie by myself. That was really nice. Why? Because you're sitting in the dark. It's quiet. You've got stuff coming in to your brain, but it's not things you have to really think about. Uh, yeah, that was really sweet too. Um, but just getting out for that walk personally, for me, I spent time praying. And then later on, as things got really rough with Elizabeth and after she passed, I started to learn how to journal. That was, that was really good for me. And it turned into my book. So different things for me and whatever works for you. I know some people exercise. Um, I'm sorry to say exercise wasn't really my thing. It probably should have been, but, um, some people, you know, do like to go out to dinner with friends or do different things like that. Some people do like to travel, whatever it is that gives you that release, that, that feeling of taking care of yourself. That is so great. I just want to encourage you to find what you're passionate about. One of my friends likes to paint. Somebody else really likes decorating. There are just different things that really sing to you and you need to find that. Um, I know that when I was really in the thick of it and I was really depressed, but I didn't know it. Somebody asked me and I, I didn't even know. I couldn't even think about what it was that was going to really help me. And I couldn't I just, I couldn't think of anything, you know? So I almost had to do some of the things that we do for our kids, like an interest inventory or a survey of, you know, what things would really help me. Um, but anyway, I really want you to take this month and spend a couple minutes with yourself. And by doing that, you are going to rest, rejuvenate, refresh. Really important. So this week's episode, oh my gosh, I love this woman. Laura Hernandez, what a mama. 10 kids, <laughs> I can't even believe it. She is like, a superhero. Um, she doesn't think so, but she really is. And she is so passionate and dedicated to helping women bring more peace into their homes. Um, she started just with herself and then turned it into a business designing customized systems that help families run more smoothly and reduce a mom's or it could be a dad's, but mainly mom's daily workload. That's her specialty. Um, in five years, her husband and she added six children to her family. Uh, three bio kids and three through adoption. Four of the kiddos attend public school and they homeschool three children. They manage 20 plus appointments every week for four special needs kids. Wow. She's just, she's just amazing. Um, and so she owns this business called Mama Systems. And um, we'll have all of her contact information in the show notes. Laura Hernandez, loved her, loved this interview. Hope you enjoy it too. And here we go. 
and God willing, nothing else will go wrong today. So I'm here today with Laura Hernandez, who was a little late jumping on the podcast. And I was reminiscing about all the times that this happened to me when my kiddos were younger. Oh my gosh, I remember this one time and I hope you don't mind me telling this story, Laura, mm -hmm. when um, my Elizabeth was younger and I, uh, my nurse called out sick because we had almost at one point, almost 24 hour nursing. My mom, who was getting older by then, had to sub in for me because I had to drive like almost an hour to give a presentation and I had to be there like 830 in the morning. So my nurse was out sick, which meant that Elizabeth could not go to school because she couldn't go to school without a nurse, right? So my mom was home with her, had to get the other one off to school and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on, right? But because my mom was not a nurse, I had to have the cell phone up with me at the podium while I'm giving this presentation. So... <laughs> I had to announce to this group of lawyers who have no idea what I'm going through, and most of them were men, hey, folks, you know, this is what's going on with me today. So I'm going to talk to you about special needs planning. I'm going to talk to you about transition planning. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about our lives. But the most important thing that you need to understand as you, these clients come into you and you're working with them on their lives is that you know, we are very tired people. And so you need to cut us a break. You need, you know, if we don't, if we miss a meeting, if we're late, you know, you just need to cut us a little bit of slack. All right. You just need to understand that we are just very tired people and, and stuff happens to us. And, you know, that's just our lives. So um, they all laughed with me. My phone did go off while I was giving the presentation because my mom was fun fumbling around with the G-tube. And true story, I actually met my husband, Mark, at that presentation. We just had our anniversary, not our wedding anniversary, but the anniversary of our official meeting at that presentation, February 10. And we've been happily married ever since. So there you go. Welcome. Right. <laughs> Laura, I'm so glad you're on the show. She has so many great things to talk to us about. So Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you for making it to the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, welcome. Thank you for having me and for your grace. I feel like every, everyone in the world needs that announcement that you gave to that audience, you know? Oh my gosh. You know what? Um, Laura's going to tell her story, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of a, a, a side note here. She has 10 kids. I can't believe she's here. She's beautiful. She's dressed. She, she has a little bit of makeup on today. She looks amazing. <laughs> so Laura, tell us a little bit about your life and your family. And then we're going to talk about what brings you to the show today. I love that you're impressed that I have clothes on. That makes me very happy. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, my husband and I, Tony, live in the Dallas area and we have 10 kids and three are adopted, three foster care. And those three also have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And along with that, we have a little buddy who's on the spectrum as well. And then the rest of our lovely children who are biological have some great genes of um, depression and anxiety and ADHD. And so we've passed all of those on and we have a whole household full of lovely letters behind everybody's name. So they're all unique, you yeah. know, they're, they're just themselves. Yes. They're living their lives. Each and every one of them. 
and they're amazing. I really, I love, I love these people. So. Yeah. So your journey has been so interesting and, you know, in a lot of ways, very fun. So I love what you've been doing with what you've learned and what you've been sharing. And this month of February, I always like to start talking about love because it's February, but not in the traditional sense of what Valentine's Day really means. I really like to talk about um, self-care. Obviously, caring for your partners is important, but everybody talks about that. Um, We always forget to care for ourselves and care for the caregivers. And so that's what February means to me. And nobody better to talk about this than Laura, because she's done something really awesome called Mama Systems. So you have got to check this out. And we're going to have all of her contact information in our show notes. But Laura, tell me about Mama Systems. God, I wish I knew you when my kids were growing up. This would have been amazing. Well, I wish I had one of me when I first got our kids. Like that would have been (laughs) so helpful, right? I love your sign behind you. Like create the things you wish existed because that's, that's what Mama Systems is, is a program where we work together. So coaching mamas and giving them resources and information on, hey, how can we make your life easier? Because being a special needs mama, as you said, is nonstop and you're always being vigilant and just you're just always on. And what if we could take some of those little things in life, like feeding people or doing the laundry or picking up the house? What if we could create systems so that those things aren't so stressful? We could just take a little bit off your plate so that you can kind of show up as your best self mm-hmm. to your kids who need you. So first of all, walk me through how this idea came to you. I'm fascinated. Yeah. So um, in one year, we went from having four kids to eight kids and we had our fifth biological and it was more like six month period, right? So we had our fifth biological and then adopted a sibling group of three. And then also for a hot minute, had their little sibling in care with us. So for two months, we had a newborn um, with us as well. And so we had five kids that were four and under all in diapers. And this was without the sibling there. When he came along, it was six kids, four and under all in diapers. And so it was chaotic. I felt like I kind of had the mom thing under control before then, but Mm -hmm. then they came into the picture and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. These complete strangers are like, it just felt like mass chaos coming into our home. And I remember thinking like, if I can just get to bedtime, like that's all I just got to keep them safe until bedtime. Right. And then they can go in their cribs and we'll be, we'll be good. But I just have to keep them alive until yeah. bedtime. Really low standards those days. Yeah. <laughs> um, just making sure that CPS did, decided that we we're still. I fit. know. Well, I've been a foster mom for a couple of years. My husband and I fostered kids and we did only take on, you know, one or two at a time. And it's tough when this little kiddo gets dropped off with a backpack or usually sometimes a garbage bag, um, you know, and you get no information. So it's really hard. It is really hard. Yeah. So I finally, I was like, well, I know they're like, we're a team, we're a family. We're not changing at all. They're part of our home. (laughs) Like it's not going to magically change. So I need to figure out something that will help bring peace to our home because I can't live this way. We can't live in survival mode all the time. And so I started creating systems um, from scratch because no one had anything that fit our family. Nobody had something for, hey, you just adopted a sibling group of three and some are in public school and you're homeschooling some and these have special needs and you have CPS workers in and out of your house all day and therapists in and out of your house all day. Like nobody had anything for that. And so I 
created a process that helped walk me through creating systems for our home. And then several years later, I was helping a friend. I was like, I really enjoy this. It's like a puzzle. Like, I'm, like how can I make this most efficient, most like most off of mama as possible? Like that's kind of my goal is like, how can we get things off of you so you can think? Like, wouldn't that be great if we could just think clearly? Breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Breathe. Yes. <laughs> Those simple things that are, I mean, they they feel like a luxury sometimes. And so um, I became passionate about it and just decided to start a business to help other mamas. And uh, more recently, I'm really getting into, because I've learned the key of advocating, but not just for our kids, but for ourselves. And yes. I feel so strongly about that. And I know special needs mamas struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And also feeling like nobody else understands. Like I hear your story of your G tube and the nurse and all of that. And I'm like, I, I understand the exhaustion piece of it, but I have no idea what you're going through. Like all the, all the things you're feeling, it can be so lonely and so hard and so tiring and all of those things all at the same time. And so I really just want to come alongside other mamas and just kind of sit with them in that and then help them slowly climb their way out. I mean, that story I told you was from 11 years ago and it's so vivid in my mind still, you know, and I mean, it's so vivid and like my, my daughter has passed since then too. So like, if you think about it, like it's been, it's been such a long time, but we, it's, there's a lot of trauma that just sets in and our bodies feel it. And it just, it's just sits there with us. And I also I'm hearing you and I think, well, yeah, this is so great for the mamas, the caregivers. It's really good for advocating for ourselves, but it's so good for the kids too, because they want the systems. They want the order. They want to know what's coming next not just for the kids that we already have, but if you do have foster kids, if you do have kids coming in and out of your household, you know, it kind of also lets the therapists know, the doctors, the nurses, the school personnel, who's in charge here, you know, like we got this and you do kind of need to listen to us because we're quarterbacking this whole team, (laughs) right? We we got this, we're in charge. (laughs) So tell us, you know, start walking us through, you know, what this looks like. So good. So good. Yeah. So typically when I work with mamas, we first and foremost assess what's going on in your home. And I think so often we live just very reactionary lifestyles where we're going from like, oh, the kids just got in the door. I need to get them a snack. We need to go to soccer practice. We need to do X. We need to run to the grocery store and make dinner. We need to get them in bed and go to school. Like all the things just kind of pile on top of each other. and there's just no calm in that. There's no peace in that. There's no intentionality in that. And you can create intentionality in that, but often there's not, right? So have mamas kind of assess what they're doing all day so that they know what they're doing all day, what they're spending their time on, and then kind of process, what do I want to be doing? Like what really matters to me? What are my family values? What do I want to instill in my kids? Um, I, I There was a time when I was like, I I'm I'm a person of faith. And so one of the things that's really important to me is teaching my kids about the Bible. And I could say that all day long, but you wouldn't know that by my schedule or by anything that we did throughout the day. You know, like I, I would say this is the most important thing. 
but nothing in my life would reflect that. And so really just figuring out those things. Cause I think until we know those things, like what we value and then what we're actually spending our time on and seeing right. how they don't match up, then we can't create a plan. And so from there we create a plan and we try to automate, eliminate and delegate all the things that drain us. So tasks that drain you, if there's a way that we can create a system where it makes it easier for you, take some of the decision fatigue out of it for you or gives the job completely to someone else. Like let's do that. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side of that, once we get a lot of that taken care of the stuff that just bogs you down, let's figure out what you want to be doing and let's plan and prioritize those things. So I'm going to push back on you just a little bit because, you know, if you've got completely overwhelmed mamas, Mm -hmm. they're going to say, I don't have time to stop and think about all of this, Laura. How the heck am I going to stop? I can't even stop moving for a second. Like I am barely having time to pee. You know, I look up and it's 9 p.m. When am I going to stop and think about all this stuff that you just asked me to spend time thinking about? Yeah, well, I I definitely think that calling me is a good place to start in this whole thing. And I can help you kind of walk through that. But if we're not there yet, um, just taking like 15 minutes at the end of the day and looking back at your day and saying, like, what did I spend time on? Because I I bet you there's time that you're scrolling on Instagram or um, checking out what you don't really need to do. Like just different things that you're spinning your wheels on that you don't need to be spending your wheels on. Oh my God, that what? darn TikTok and those kitty cat videos really get me. <laughs> I love that that's what you just said. <laughs> really like I've spent way too much time looking at those kitty cat videos. Yeah. I mean, I could give those up for sure. <laughs> I haven't gotten to the kitty cat videos yet, but I know that once you like open your phone, it's like a vortex of like just pulling you in and sucking you in. Right. And so if we, I mean, even the simple, Hey, I'm going to leave my phone here and I'll set a timer for an hour and get stuff done around the house and not touch my phone. Like I I bet there'd be so much time saved, you know, we could do that. Totally. There's very simple little things of, Hey, what can I do today to make life a little easier? Like looking back at the day, what's one thing I could have done today that I can make my life easier if I implement it tomorrow. Give me an example of what, you know, what we could start with. Yes. And don't make it laundry. That is like the worst. I don't know if the laundry has babies or what, because it just never stops. It never gets better. That's what I was going to say. And you know what, though, if, um, do you want me to tell you about laundry or do you? <laughs> no, you can tell me about laundry. I have a funny story about we can laundry. Make it better. Too, but... <laughs> I think we can make it better. There's can you? Yes. Not sorting your clothes and just like not darks and lights, just putting what? them all. No, seriously. I that's know. Like, it sounds, it that's sounds heresy. Like... Really? <laughs> um, they make these things called shout color catchers and you throw them in with a load and they collect all the colors. I'm amazed by them every time. I'm like, look at this one. Um, but they collect all the colors that are walk- going around in the wash so that your whites stay white. So that's a wow. simple, like, save you a few minutes, right? Another one is having kids bring their laundry to the laundry room. So you're not going around the house and collecting everyone's laundry, but have them do that task. Um, have them put their stuff away. So in our house, we have laundry day on one day. And I will 
put stuff in and switch it out. And then I hand it back to the kid and they go put it away. And we've made this super easy by putting labels on their drawers. So like even my three-year-old has one that says like underwear and it has a picture of underwear and the word underwear and then et cetera, right? It goes down, down the list. But he can look at those pictures, pick up his underwear, and go, oh, I don't know where this goes and put it in the right drawer. And he's learned those things. And so you're not folding things for them. Not folding a thing. Yeah. So I spent about 30 minutes of laundry, 30 minutes a week on laundry, where I used to spend that much every day. I mean, trying to fold everybody's clothes, switching out laundry, like doing all of it myself. I've saved so much time by switching over to one day and just putting those simple steps into place. I am really attracted to the solution that you have. (laughs) But I am like, really, I'm having a little bit, I'm getting a little sweaty thinking about putting all the colors in together. (laughs) You don't have to do that. I just... I mean, isn't it amazing what we have been told by our mothers that, you know, how things have to go and not folding things when they go into the drawer? Hmm. This is, but this is the thing about, you know, the caregivers and how things have to go, right? I mean, so when my daughter was sick the last year before she died, my husband convinced me, my new husband, who is not my new husband anymore, God, I love this man. He said, we're sending all the laundry out. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to do all this laundry. And I thought, I can't do that. Other people cannot do my laundry. This is my job. I have to do this laundry. And he's like, you can't do the laundry. There's just too much stuff to do. And we have people to take care of. So we sent the laundry out and I felt terrible about it the entire time. And, I, you know, I just... At some point, I just had to deal with that guilt, but the laundry got sent out. Some stuff got ruined. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that was just it. Um, and, um, and it was hard because it just felt like I was shirking my duties of doing the laundry because that was my job, you know? Yeah. But like, what is the stuff that gets stuck in our head? You know, these mama systems. That we have to do these things that we're told we have to do. Laura, you've you've cracked the code. I love it. Well, I don't know about that, but I do I do know that our culture continues to tell us over and over again that we should be able to do it all. Like you should be able to do all the laundry, cook all the food, clean the house, take care of your daughter. Like, I mean, all the things, right? And it's okay if you can't, and it's okay if all of that overwhelms you. I think that forever and ever, people have had villages around them of moms helping each other and helping carry the weight. And we still have that in us. We need that. But our culture has told us otherwise that, no, you Mm -hmm. don't. You can do it all by yourself. And so delegating things out, having paying for someone to do laundry, I think is brilliant and wonderful. And you should kiss that man tonight. (laughs) Like, yes, delegate out. Like if something is so overwhelming to you, pay somebody to do it. You don't have funds to do it. Trade off with another mama to do it. Ask for help. You have friends around you and they want to help. They don't know how. And you can say, hey, it w- I, I'm drowning in laundry. Is there any way that you could come pick it up and help us out this week and do our laundry for us? Mm, that's a great idea. And it feels really- super humbling. Like that vulnerability feels super humbling, but it creates this beautiful intimacy between you and your, your village around you that you're creating. Mm-hmm. So as part of your services, besides creating the systems, 
What does your coaching do for people? Are you able to help them walk through some of these horrible feelings that they're having? I am. I have a sweet mama that I'm coaching right now. And she just really struggled with wanting, feeling like she should be able to do it all, right? Like I should be able to keep up with my house. I should be able to. And I, I mean, those, those shoulds are not, they're not healthy for us, right? Yeah. Um, th- that's just not her gifting. Organization is not her gifting. And just coaching her through that and explaining to her that that's okay. Like we're all, we all have such different giftings, right? And yeah. some of us are to go out in the world and advocate and be like huge heroes. And others of us are supposed to stay home and I mean, just be at home and love on your neighbor next door. So really walking fully in where you're called and not worrying about trying to do everything else perfectly. Right. So um, she ended up hiring a house organizer and her life is like so much better now because she just kind of embraced the, Hey, I can't do this part. And I think she's really freed from that and gets the joy of having a very organized little house, you know? Nice. And can you help people find the resources that they're looking for too? I can. And especially with special needs mamas, I'm like looking at different grants for different programs that the government offers. Like that's my, nobody told us about, um, I mean, nobody told us about a lot of things. I know that's shocking. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. for like everybody. <laughs> um, so when we were in foster care, we got very little training on fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And then once we kind of figured it out, I was like, oh my gosh, why aren't they telling us about this? Like it affects 70% of kids in foster care. Why are we not talking more about this? And moving forward, I have learned that there are services, like in the state of Texas, there are services for kids with FASD who have Medicaid, which are Dukes, they were adopted out of foster care. And we can get help in our home. So each of them has 40 hours a week of help in our home, like paid for by the state. That's amazing. Why are people not shouting that from the rooftops, right? And so often you just don't even know what to look for. You don't even know something's out there that you can look for. And so um, my my go-to is like, we're going to find something. We're going to find, like there has to be something out there and we're going to find it because I, I think that there's so many resources out there and we just don't even know where to look. So that's so cool. And I want to tra- transition our conversation to that. So first of all, what made you decide to bring uh, foster children into your home? Yeah. So my husband and I knew we wanted to adopt and we went to an adoption class at our church and um, I wanted to adopt from Africa and he wanted to adopt from China. And we sat in and we listened to people talk about all the different kinds of adoption and blah, blah, blah. The foster care panel gets up and starts talking. And this, who is now like my best friend is telling this story about her daughter. And I mean, it's like a horrific story. And we both look at each other and go, oh crap, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. we both knew it was like we both turned to the same page at the same time of like yeah we're supposed to be doing this so we had Andrew in our home um when he was three days old and then he went back to his bio mom at eight months old and then she subsequently had the two more and so when they got back out of care we had to foster them again and then adopt them it's a long rocky road in the U.S. um from foster to adoption because you know parents rights are strong and we do want to give biological parents a good good long shot at making this work uh but it's really rough on the babies it's rough on the kids yeah it's a lot of back and forth um and it's really hard to uh form those bonds 
and we all know that that's difficult. Um, so um, that is uh, that. I mean, you know, that's amazing. And um, you know, so back in the day, we always talked about FAS, fetal alcohol syndrome, but we, you know, really transitioned that over to FASD, which is much more inclusive and um, is is really great. It's fetal alcohol spectrum disorders now, because FAS really didn't fully explain or fully, you know, include all the different kinds of um, disorders and and conditions that we would see with um, fetal alcohol conditions, right? So um, can you talk to us a little bit about the things that you're seeing with your kids and all the things that you've since learned since taking your kids in? Yes, I have learned a ton. And I'm I know, so I know, because I feel like everybody needs to be educated on this. Um, so FASD is a spectrum disorder, as you said, FAS is on one end, and that is 8% of the population with FASD have FAS and that's facial features and all. So um, their eyes are turned down a little bit. They have a, I really need to learn the name of whatever this is right here. The top part of the lip is flat. Cleft. There's like this little cleft thing going on. And yeah, and I think it starts with an F, but I'm not, forgive me for not knowing my anatomy at this current moment, the upper lip is thin. And so there's some different, definitely facial features that you can see um, with people who have FAS. However, there's 92% out there that don't have any facial features. They look like normal kids, like they should be functioning fine in society. However, all of the things that affect them are huge disabilities for them. So our kids, all, all three of them have IDD, which is intellectual and developmental delay, which I'm sure all your audience understands that when we were first diagnosed, I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Like I didn't have anything. Right. Um, I, I had no clue. I had no clue about any special needs. And yeah, so IDD, ADHD, bipolar, like there's it when a baby is in utero and cooking in mama and she drinks, it affects every part of their being. Um, Dr. Kenneth Jones talks about drinking alcohol, like does not even hold a candle to the meth or cocaine or anything else that the mama puts in her system, like the alcohol by far causes the most damage mm-hmm. and the most lifelong damage because it, it's brain damage. Right. And it can't be fixed. And there are definitely tools and things we can use to um, help with different behaviors and help them learn and help them cope and help them thrive in society. But the brain damage can't be fixed. And so every, um, everything that you, not everything, but there are many things that you think of, of like autism and um, bipolar and, oh dear, anxiety and ADD, all of those things are, all of their symptoms are also symptoms of FASD. Mm-hmm. They're often misdiagnosed because of that. Right. Yeah. And one in 20 kids has some form of FASD. Yeah. But you don't always have the history no. to go back and understand what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know that there's often some issues with impulsivity and um, some real, what, what can often look like, um, uh, you know, brain injuries and different kinds of um, 
you know, frontal lobe disorders. And, you know, so there's a lot of complex um, brain injury type behaviors. It's really challenging to work with because there's not a lot of tools that we have. Yeah. So that, that can be, you know, very different than looking at someone, you know, with autism, for example. So you can't really compare them. Um, We've worked with, as you can imagine, a number of families who are dealing with this. And because you can't put eyeballs on somebody and say, hey, there's a person with a disability, they're out in the world. And then, you know, they are, you know, they're getting jobs, but they can't keep them. And they often don't think that they need support and help. And they're often not reaching out for support and help. And they're getting into relationships and they're having risky behaviors. And so there's a lot of issues going on and it becomes really difficult as an adult to support them. So Laura, this is a long road that you're on with your family for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was a big piece of figuring out the self-care piece is because I didn't like, I know that it's a marathon. I know that probably I will be pouring into them for the rest of our lives, like more so than our ones that are going to go off and go to college and get married and have kids. Like they're kind of going to be off on their own, but these three probably will not be. And I need to advocate for myself or otherwise I'm going to be exhausted and not be able to take care of them, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they do have each other. And then how's the sibling unit all together with the 10 of them? Really good. I feel like because they came in when everybody was so young, they're just a part of the family, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's great. So as we are kind of wrapping up here, I would love to just kind of go back to the beginning where we started with that, you know, that tip about we're all overwhelmed. (laughs) It's really all about the, what is that first step? So yes, we want everybody to take that first step and call you Laura, but some of us are not brave enough and some (laughs) of us can't even get to the bathroom, you know? So really what can we do to take that first step? It's February and it is self-care month. I am, you know, calling it. And today actually happens to be Valentine's day um, when we are recording this episode. So happy Valentine's day, Laura. (laughs) Um, And I hope you're going to do something for yourself today just to carve out some five minutes for yourself, something. Um, What is that one thing that, families, caregivers can do just to get started on this path of wellness and self-care. Yeah. I actually have a self-care guide that I would love to share with you. And so downloading it and all of that would be great. Um, But it walks us through thinking about self-care in a different way of not just, Hey, we're going to go get a pedicure, but what is it that you really need as a mama? Like, what does your body need? What does your soul need? What things have you been neglecting? And then after we kind of figure that out, it walks us through like, okay, let's create a plan for that. And then after we create a plan, how can we ask for help in that? So how can we approach our husband? How can we um, ask a friend? How can we ask a grandparent and really make it a, a feasible thing for you to have in place in your home? That's amazing. How can they get this free self-care guide? Well, I'll send it to you. And if you don't mind putting it in the show notes, that would be be amazing. We would love that. Um, That sounds like a great place to start. Wonderful. We really appreciate that. Everybody's going to love that. 
we need it yes. so badly. We do. we do. What a great Valentine's Day gift. Thank you. All right. Um, okay. So as we sign out here, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you are enjoying this February season of love. And um, we will all see you on the flip side. Thank you again, Laura. Have a great day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them. And I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.